Al, it's May, as yeah. you're well aware. <laughs> Justin Timberlake's going to say it's going to be May. Uh-huh. Except no one has shown that meme at all. I haven't seen it at all. I mean, I think it's mostly because we're still in a global pandemic and no one wants to have fun. Hey, speaking of And rightfully pandemics. so. <laughs> Resident Evil. You want to talk about some global pandemics? Man, that... That new Resident Evil game came out recently. It did. And we were like, wow, we should totally play it. But we, did, we, we didn't. We didn't. We played we played Resident Evil 3. The real Resident Evil 3. The real one. This this one's only this is for the real ones only. Yeah. <laughs> uh hello, welcome to this week's episode of the Season Lamb Checkup OVA. It's episode 177. It's a podcast where we have conversations about video games, anime, manga. I'm Jared, joined as always by Doc Allen Ladium. Hello. You said something this time. That means that we're successfully going. <laughs> uh, yeah. We're going to talk about Resident Evil. Excuse me. <clears throat> Resident. Let's go. Oh, this, this is a different version. Resident Evil. <laughs> Code Veronica X. Code Veronica. X gonna give it to you. X X gonna give it to you, indeed. Uh, yeah, that game went on sale recently for us, Super and we were cheap. like, "Hey, let's 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 pick this up because this is a game. This is a game I haven't played. You played it like once, I think you said. I played it once when it first came out on the PS2. Yeah, so not a whole lot of nostalgia or anything for this, or just like memories of this game because I haven't played it. You played it once, and we're just like. Yeah, this is one of those we haven't touched or haven't touched at all in a while. So let's let's dive into that. And boy howdy. <laughs> this is a weird game. And I think it's it's also in it shows kind of like how weird the series goes post this game. Yeah. Absolutely. This is the start of something new. Yeah. So let's talk about the development of Resident Evil Code Veronica because it, it is weird. Yeah, it is. So this game came out in 2000. It was a Dreamcast exclusive for for about a year. Um, came out in February of 2000 in Japan and North America and then May in 2000 in Europe. On the Dreamcast, then basically a little later, the Dreamcast kind of just dies. So Capcom's like, well, crap, we need to put this out elsewhere. Let's put it out on a bunch of other platforms. So we get Code Veronica X a year later, mm-hmm. March 2001 in Japan, August 2001 in North America, and September 2001 in, in Europe. It would later come to the GameCube in 2003, and then come to PS3 and Xbox 360 in 2011, and then also has been ported to the the current consoles as well. So there's a lot of different ways to do this. But yeah, this was basically a big a big thing because it was originally a Dreamcast exclusive. It has uh, different characters than you would see in Resident Evil 3. Continues some of the stories from, from the previous Resident Evil games. Mm-hmm. And, you know, depending on who you ask, was the original Resident Evil 3. Yep. <laughs> so let's talk development here as I've got you all caught up. Let's take you back to 1998. Post Resident Evil 2. Capcom's riding pretty high right now. Yeah. You know, RE2 sold pretty well. Now where would you put where do you take the RE series next? Um 
So originally, Capcom was like, well, let's, let's bring Resident Evil to different platforms besides the PlayStation. That's kind of the genesis of this. Also, this was also kind of the idea coming from Capcom trying to port Resident Evil 2 to the Sega Saturn and failing. And then be like, well, what if we try this new system? They got the Dreamcast. Fancy, fancy. So since they couldn't port port RE2 to the Saturn, uh, Shinji Mikami uh, noted, obviously, one of the leads behind the Resident Evil series, was asked by Capcom leadership to basically make something else for Sega. And that's where development on this game basically began. Uh, Mikami would eventually ask for more time to develop the game. He was like, hey... We need to make have make it be more technically better and everything. Let's put it on the Dreamcast. That sounds like a good idea. Uh, at the same time, there was a side story game being developed for the PlayStation starring Jill, which would mm-hmm. eventually become Resident Evil Three. Um, follows the follows you know follows up after RE Two and everything takes place in the same setting and everything. All Wrecking this sort of City. stuff. Yes. Uh, that title was originally intended to be a spinoff. The Dreamcast game was going to be the next big game in the series re3 yep um this is basically kind of different depending on who you ask some people will say that's the truth some people will say that's not how it was intended to be (laughs) um ign apparently ran a story and let's see here in 2009 where they were talking about the history of resident evil and they claimed that sony basically came in probably around last minute and put some money on the table and got the limited exclusivity rights to the Resident Evil 3 title which made basically made Capcom change the title of the side story on PlayStation to become Resident Evil 3 and then the Dreamcast game would become Code Veronica um Shinji Mikami and uh the president of flagship Yoshiki Okamoto have disputed that in, in a sense by saying that they wanted to keep the number chronology on PlayStation and give subtitles to other uh, to other Resident Evil games on other consoles. Who you believe, mm-hmm. you know, is up to you, but I wouldn't put it past Sony at that time to be like, "Hey, these games have made us quite a bit of money. You're going to give us RE3, not some just side story game and give Sega the next RE game." I mean, I wouldn't put it past Sony now to do that. So, like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Especially considering how much of an arms race the you know Sony and Sega were kind of in at the time, were kind of in at the time, right? With the Dreamcast coming out before the PS2 and basically being a, a much po- more powerful console than the PlayStation was at the time. I would not put it past Sony to be like, hey, give us RE3. Yeah, I. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, let's talk about the design of this game, Code Veronica. Mm-hmm. Uh, Code Veronica's story setting and artistic design straight away from the series standard. While previous games are set in the United States and have a corresponding American feel to them, Code Veronica is set in the Southern Ocean and Antarctica and carries a European Gothic horror-inspired design. This is made clear in the environments which feature Gothic architecture and art in addition to Central European carvings and German-style weaponry. In addition, the Gothic feels emphasized through the story. The horror in Code Veronica is driven by this story, which follows a crazed man and the fate of his noble bloodline. The story is told partly through a lullaby, and this method of storytelling is intended to bring out European operatic undertones. 
This contrasts the previous games in the series, which were driven by the panic elements from American horror films, such as Monsters and Zombies. With regards to managing the art staff, Mikami split them up and splits them up depending on their interests. Those interested in guns work solely on gun designs, while those interested in environments were sent to photograph houses and castles for research. I love that they're like, hey, European Gothic design, but also in Antarctica. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, all right, sure. Also realizing that, like, Claire is severely underdressed for being in Antarctica. It's true. I think everyone basically is. Everybody is, but Claire specifically because she has, like, her midriff showing. Mm-hmm. Uh, during in-game cutscenes, the polygon count is increased to nearly 2,500 polygons, especially Whoa. on character faces. Capcom added detail to the zombie enemies un unprecedented in the series, such as making their jaws move and eyes twitch. Claire was given a tougher appearance in Code Veronica than in Resident Evil 2, the reason being her experiences in RE2 built her toughness and confidence to handle any situation. This characterization is emphasized by her ability to dual-wield submachine guns and also by the opening cinematic, which features her in a, features her in a John Woo-inspired action scene, of course. <laughs> coming out in the, the year 2000, that's very much of the time. Yeah. Uh, Mikami, at the time, in, in 2001, described Code Veronica as 50 to 60% of his perfect vision of Resident Evil, and he cited that future Resident Evil projects may make up the other half. Uh, except, you know, he's going to make two more games and then dip. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. <Whoops. laughs> uh, by the time Resident Evil 3 was released, because it came out in 99, compared to this, which came out in 2000, Development on Code Veronica was nearing completion. Much of Code Veronica's 70-person development staff was outsourced because Capcom resource resources had been tied up working on Resident Evil 3, which I believe that is a bigger team than what was working on RE3. If I can find that real quick. Yeah, so RE3's development team initially began with 20 people, then grew to 40 to 50. Wow, so you've got a solid number of people on this. Mm -hmm. Which I would assume probably is a little bit more because they're working with a new console and everything. Yeah, fair. So, uh, Shinji Mikami and Yoshiki Okamoto's team at Flagship oversaw the game scenario and direction, while XA XAX Entertainment assisted with environments, and Next Tech handled, with, handled much of the technical development. Capcom Production Studio 4 still handled art design and character design. By September 99, Sega was sending some of its own developers to help add final touches to the game. Sega assisted Capcom with the game's programming to help keep a good frame rate. So yeah, definitely something like, hey, this is a new console you guys are working on for the first time with, with this series, per se. Uh, we're going to send some people out to basically, you know, help you out with that. Help you. That's fair. Mm -hmm. uh, let's talk about a little bit the re release of this game. Okay. Uh... Code Veronica was confirmed to be developed as early as August 98. Despite not being a number title, they still promoted it as the true sequel to Resident Evil 2. I mean, not wrong. It was officially revealed on August October 6, 1998 by Capcom R&D chief Yoshiiki Okamoto. Capcom of Japan stated that they were hoping to sell the game to roughly one-third of all Dreamcast users, which they, roughly, which they estimated would total to around one million copies. In July 99, Capcom of Japan announced their shipment expectations for the Japanese Dreamcast version were at 400,000 copies. Journalists were skeptical of if this was the only was only the initial shipment or evidence that Capcom overestimated sales of the Dreamcast, given their initial sales estimate was one million. Capcom initially planned to have Code Veronica released around the same time as Resident Evil Three, and more importantly, the Dreamcast launch in North America on nine nine ninety nine. However, delays pushed the project back to early two thousand. To make up for the game's absence, Capcom announced that they would release a port of Resident Evil Two for the Dreamcast that December. This release, called Biohazard 2 Value Plus, included, Value a Plus. Quote, included a demo for Code Veronica. Code Veronica was released in February 2000. 
Pre-ordered copies came with a unique numbered tag, special red packaging, and a unique title screen. Ooh. Which, that's real fancy. That is real fancy. Limited Dreamcast System bundles were also released to commemorate the game's release. The Claire version, limited to 1,800 copies, consisted of Code Veronica game, a pink system, pink controller, and a VMU. The other bundle, known as the Stars version, has the items has the items except the system is a dark transparent blue and features a stars logo this bundle was limited to 200 copies expecting high demand capcom set up a contest for fans to enter to win an opportunity to purchase the systems a soundtrack was released in february 2000 as well that sounds like a rad thing to have Mm -hmm. uh we're gonna come back to this a little bit and talk about code veronica x but let's talk about sales on the dreamcast because as i said they were targeting one million units Mm -hmm. uh in its first week code veronica outsold shenmue in total, the Dreamcast version sold almost 450,000 units in the United States alone, and 1.14 million copies worldwide. So they hit their target. They did hit their target. However, the sales were weak compared to series predecessors, but strong compared to other Dreamcast games, which I think is is a, is just a thing of, like, more people own PlayStations than, than Dreamcasts. Yeah, fair. So, they, I mean, sure, it probably is not as much as RE1 or RE2, but, like, or potentially RE3, but they hit their target of a million. So I don't... You would have to definitely consider this a success. Of course, uh, the the Dreamcast would, would basically die mm-hmm. in about a year later. So <laughs> what's Capcom do? Let's, let's, port the, let's port this game. This is what Capcom always does. It's like, let's port things forever. Yep. Uh, because the Dreamcast had a much smaller unit base than the PlayStation platforms, Capcom knew the series could not survive on the platform. This led to bringing an extended cut titled Code Veronica X in the West and Code Veronica Kanzenban in Japan. What does to the Dreamcast, Kanzenban mean? Uh, well, it means complete version. Oh, that makes sense. Uh, so that came to the Dreamcast and PS2 in 2001. The extended cut was announced in November 2000. It has approximately 10 minutes of new cinematic sequences that reveal more about Wesker's involvement with Umbrella. The rest of the game remains unchanged. (laughs) Although Capcom claimed they made some graphical enhancements. Uh, Capcom printed special DVDs of Wesker's report for the North American PS2 release. They were sold on Capcom's website and given to customers who purchased the game at specialty retailers such as Electronics Boutique and GameStop. Uh, Code Veronica X was later released on the GameCube along with several other Resident Evil games. It was included in the Biohazard Collector box for the GameCube in Japan, a bundle of RE titles, which also included a copy of Wesker's Report. A high-definition remastered version of Code Veronica X was released in September 2001 for the PS3 and Xbox 360. Uh, an emulated version of the PS3 w- PS3 version was released as a PS2 classic in July 2012 in Japan and May 2014 in Europe. Another emulated PS2 version was released for the PS4 in May 2017. The Xbox 360 version was added to the Xbox One backwards compatible library in February 2019. So yeah, the uh, the, the PS4 version is a PS2 Classics version because it has the PS2 boot screen. It yep. uses the weird PS2 uh, control scheme for PS2 games on PS4 where like you have to use the touchpad for start and select. Yep. Weird like that. That upset me. Yeah. Uh, so this PS2 version. Mm-hmm. How much do you think it sold? I mean, you know because I told you this already. I do know. Because you uh, told me this already, so tell true. them. Uh, the PS2 version of Code Veronica X sold 900,000 copies and earned $27 million in the United States by July 20, 2006, outselling Resident Evil 4 at the time. It would go on to sell 1.4 million copies worldwide. Uh, this magazine ranked it as the 63rd highest selling game launched in the, for the PS2, Xbox, or GameCube between January 2000 and July 2006 in the United States. So yeah, that's a lot. Mm-hmm. 
Which is not what I was expecting because of things. Yeah. We'll of course, given given how many how other how many other places it's gone, so it's going to have sold probably quite a few. But That's even like fair. the Dreamcast version, you would definitely consider a success. Yeah, totally. Given Capcom's initial target uh, numbers. Absolutely. But yeah, let's talk about let's talk about this game. Code it's weird. Yeah, it is weird. That definitely feels like this. Is, this should be Resident Evil Three. It does. I mean, like, it plays in the same vein of RE2 and that, like, there's, like, two, two, protagonists. two protagonists that you follow, their stories. Um, it takes place legitimately right after RE2, like, not right after, but, you know, it, it, is, after. it is a very distinct, like, this is connecting to RE2 because we know that Claire's entire mission there was to find her brother. Um, and then it kind of follows the same trend that the first two games have where it's, like, Different locations, different characters. Yeah. But same kind of centralized story. Or at least continuing story. Yeah, I mean, it... it to me, it feels very much like an RE3. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it's definitely a true sequel to RE2. Which just makes this whole thing so bizarre. <sighs> yeah. Yeah, it does. And like we got when we played through this, I think at the end, I was considering this is the first time I played it. I was so confused because if you look at how this game ends, and even if like you you wanted to classify this classify this as like an RE three point five, where the series goes next for four through six is in just in completely different and opposite direction from where you would think the series is going to go go following this game. Correct. And, like, I just, it's so bizarre. Yeah, um, and I actually did not remember how this ended because mm-hmm. I have not played it in, God, how long? Like, almost 20 years. Right. So, um, I had I did not remember how it ended. So, playing through it, I was like, oh, okay. And then, like you were saying, playing this and then knowing what comes next after this, I'm like, huh, Okay interesting like i wonder how much of this is the fact that like after re2 they they had three games on their plate currently at the time they had this they had re what would become re3 and then also they were in early development of re4 Mm -hmm. with um kami at the helm um in between the time that re3 comes out in 99 and re4 comes out in 05 they put out re3 Code Veronica, Code Veronica X, Resident Evil Remake, Resident Evil Zero, and then RE5, or RE4, excuse me. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of games in a six-year span. It is a lot of games. And obviously, you know, with the fact that how much time is in between these two games and RE4 coming out, like, you have to wonder how much how much writing and everything and story was, like, kind of just, like, thrown around and left on the table and everything to where we get to where the story in RE4 basically goes and then where the story and the rest of the games basically go post that. Because mm-hmm. you would basically think coming out of this game in particular that like, oh, RE4 is going to be more, hey, we're going to go track down Wesker, track down more of Umbrella, and that's that's the game. We'll probably have like a different protagonist and everything, but like 
eventually, you know, we're going to continue on with this story because that's that is the central theme and plot of Resident Evil as it has been. Right. We have to take down Wesker. We have to take down Umbrella because they are awful. Especially because, like, this is the game, the first game you see Wesker back since RE1 where he's presumed dead. Right. So, like, that's a pretty big plot point to have. Mm Mm-hmm. And then we get to RE4 and none of that happens. Nope. None of it's really even tied to this. We have the the Plagas instead. Yeah, it's just like, well, let's just come up with something else, I guess. I don't know. Shrug shoulders. And you have to wait till RE5 to really get that. And then RE5 is a terrible game, so. <sighs> no kidding. Like, RE6 basically kind of feels like the culmination of everything, because, like, the way this is building, you would think, like, oh, well, either the next game or the game after, it's going to be, like, you're playing as you're playing as Jill, Chris, Claire, Leon, everyone, and you're going to take down Umbrella. Like, that's how the game, the, this series probably should have gone. But then it doesn't. And it's just so confusing and baffling that, like, that's how things ended up. Mm-hmm. And like, like the closest to getting Wesker again until five is uh, like you get flashbacks with him, and, not flashbacks, but you see him in zero. But that's even before like. Yeah, that, that, I would I wouldn't say that it's, counts. It's a prequel. Yeah, considering it's a prequel. So. So you don't you don't know as much of like yeah. well you know what he's up to but like he's not. To everyone, he's not the big bad there. They don't know. Right. So let me ask you this: Since you you were you were playing these games at the time, mm-hmm. when you got to RE four, was it like, oh, this is great, this is the next iteration of the series, or like, was the story confusing because like, no, it it was not what you were expecting coming into it. I'll be honest with you. By the time that I got to RE four, like, I you probably did, forgot everything. I forgot like the big yeah. details of it, and I was like, oh, look, it's Leon. That's cool. Mm-hmm. And then like, you know, he does his like action hero poses and quips and everything and I'm like well damn I'm in love and um, then I had chopped off and cried <laughs> literally yeah, I would I, I wonder if like just that that time period kind of helps alleviate some of that yeah it's been so long since these two games but like I feel like there had to be some Resident Evil fans like real <laughs> that RE4 the story of RE4 was the, the story of RE4 oh I bet and I mean a lot of people were and in terms of like the gameplay of four too and how it was different. This is really bizarre. It's wild, right? Considering how much like that is so fondly remembered now. Oh my god. Like people were so mad that it didn't have the tank controls. Which eh. and like uh <laughs> Yikes. This game sure has some tank controls in it. Oh my god. It took me like a solid ten minutes to even yeah. figure out exactly how to move. I'm like Oh, God, why did anybody ever think this was good? Yeah, so, like, the version we played is technically a remaster. As about as remasters you get, like, the, the graphics and the when you're playing the game are a little bit better. But, boy, those cutscenes, those, those cut pre-rendered scenes. cutscenes are not Woof. great. Yikes. They're real rough. Real fuzzy. And, like, I think that's one of the things that, like, is super just, like, confusing of why they're wanting to remake 4 next instead of this. Yeah. Because this, one... this is the game that really needs a remake. Yeah. More so than 4. Like, granted, I would tell you, they should remake 4 because the gameplay in 4 isn't great. But this needs it way more. Way more. Like, imagine just how much, like, more, 
fluid and everything the gameplay would be if it hang out it was like the re2 re3 stuff it was in the re engine and everything um like it would just be so good yeah i agree i mean it i would definitely play something like this like in the re2 remake style i think it'd be Mm -hmm. a lot of fun i hope that they're not considering dark side chronicles like the code veronica remake (laughs) uh because I might be the only person who played Darkseid Chronicles. <laughs> uh, for those who are unaware, Darkseid Chronicles was a on-rails Wii game. Yep. That is basically... Does parts of Code Veronica is, is a prequel to 4? Yeah. It, I mean, it, it basically does like a truncated version of Code Veronica in it. Um, I will say I bought one of those like Wii pistols specifically mm-hmm. for that game. Wow. Yeah, yeah. It tells you how how I am as a person. I wonder how much of like the weird bug stuff they would do in this though in a remake because like I feel like they kind of like get away from that in the the two and three remake. I haven't seen much of the three remake, so I don't know how much of that's in there still. I know there's like there were spoders in the original three. Thanks, spoders. But like this game has a lot of that. A lot. A lot of that. Yeah, I mean like. Bugs play a central role in the plot. Mm-hmm. But not necessarily spiders, though. Also, F those spiders. <laughs> so, yeah, like, I wonder, like, if they would just keep that in or just change it out or just make it something else or whatnot, but... I assume that's probably the one thing that would stay would be the uh, giant spider. Yeah. Um... God, but even then, to... like that that thing's just barely there for like because you run into it like twice and it's like oh, I'm just gonna run around to you right by. Yeah, I mean you don't have to fight it. You can fight it if you want to, but you don't have to. Yeah. Um, and I don't know why you would. Um. God, if they did remake it though, I hope the moths would be gone. Oh God, the moth section sucks. It sucks. That's such a bad section. It sucks so bad. Um, for those unaware, there is a section in this game where you. There's like a hallway where you have a safe room and then like there's an area where you basically go and do a bunch of stuff in. In that hallway, there's like these moths that if they attack you, they will poison you. They'll like implant something on you. They have to wait to explode and then it poisons you. But then like you run back into that hallway and there's a blue herb to cure yourself. However, you can just get caught in like a really bad death loop where you're just like, well, I got poisoned. Let me go heal. Hope got poisoned. Let me go heal. Hope got poisoned. Let me go heal. And just so on and so forth. It sucks. It's not great. It sucks real bad. Which again, like I think it, if this game had better gameplay and like as it was like remade for modern, modern games and everything, like that section probably wouldn't be as bad because you'd be like, bah, 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 done. Right. <sighs> I mean, there's there's a lot here that needs to uh... be updated. Yeah. Um. One being Steve Burnside's voice acting. God, there's some some choice voice acting in this video game. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, so I guess um, one thing that should be mentioned is that you technically have like three protagonists-ish. Um, technically. Because you have Claire, you have Chris, but then you also have Steve Burnside, who... You play for, like, a hot second. Right, but he plays a pretty, like, big yeah. role in parts of Claire's route. 
Let's talk about this the story. Let's talk about the story. I'm going to read the plot summary from Wikipedia because it's three paragraphs. I mean, we could just go through the plot too. It's up to you. Well, I feel like this would be easier. We'll, we'll, we'll pick up things along the way. Okay. Uh... In December 1998, three months after escaping from Raccoon City and prior to its eventual destruction, Claire Redfield raids an Umbrella Corporation facility in Paris in search of her brother Chris. Discovered by Umbrella security forces and eventually captured, Claire is imprisoned on Rockford Island, a prison complex owned by the corporation situated in the Southern Ocean. You know, the Southern Ocean. Sometime after her imprisonment, Claire finds herself released by one of the prison staff and discovers that an outbreak of the T-virus has incurred. In the resulting chaos, she finds herself teaming up with Steve Burnside, another inmate seeking to escape. Uh, it should be mentioned that he has, like, a Battle Royale collar. He does. He very much looks like a Battle Royale character, which, again, that that movie came out around the same time as this, so... Yeah, the uh, the pants are ridiculous. He's very much a, a of-his-time character design. No kidding. Uh, in their efforts to explore the island and find the means to leave, the pair find themselves confronting the island's commander, Alfred Ashford. Both Claire and Steve find him to be mentally unstable as a result of him switching between two personalities. His own and that of his twin sister, Alexia. Stuff happens. You eventually fight Steve's dad. Yeah. By that, I mean he just shoots him a lot with his yep. two guns. His two guns. Plap, 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 plap. He's real cool. I'm actually curious, like, and I think we, we might talk about this now, but I, I want to know eventually, um, and if we want to talk about it later, that's fine too. I want to know what you thought about the whole reveal of the, the twins and him, how, uh, how what's his name, Alfred, has been handling this situation. It just kind of just, like, happens, I think. Yeah, but did you expect that, like, he was both? Not... At first, but, like, it made sense, I guess, in a way. So, like, it wasn't, like, something was, like, oh, going into, like, oh, it's totally split personality thing. But, like, the way, like, if you go look back and, like, how they frame things and everything, it's, like, oh, well, yeah, that makes sense. Because, like, they don't show the two of them together in the same spot. Right. I've never seen Alfred and Alexia in the same spot together, have you? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it, it. I remember that being like whoa moment for me when uh when this came out like mm -hmm. oh man this is like some psycho stuff um which I guess it should also be mentioned the reason he has to kill his his daddyo is um that they they were in prison because his dad worked for Umbrella and like was spilling some secrets mm-hmm and uh, his dad became a zombo, so he had to... Human experimentation. Had to kill him. Yay, experimentation. Yay. <sighs> anyway. Um, so, yeah. Split personalities. That happens. That is the thing that happens. There's also a section with a seaplane. Oh, my God, with that awful, awful boss fight. The one that you got upset by? And the one in the plane. Oh, the one on the plane. Yes, 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 yes. That one, that was not great. So you have to fight a tyrant on a plane. And yeah. like the strategy is to like hit him with this like launch, like cargo launcher thing. Um, You do that and then eventually you have to like shoot him again and wear him down enough so you can launch him out of the plane. And basically it's like you were fighting in this very tight 
enclosed space. He has a where, giant like, reach. He has a giant reach, and he can just like fling you out the plane if he needs to. Yeah. Also, he just hits hits like a tank. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. It's it's oof. It sucks. It took us both for like a good while to get through this. <laughs> um. But yeah, eventually you just like throw him out the plane, and then uh, Alfred's like, "Oh, by the way, uh, I, I changed your autopilot. You're going to Antarctica." <laughs> <laughs> that laugh is probably the best part of Code Veronica. <laughs> what that laugh is. It's but like, that and, and, and Steve saying sorry. Sorry. Like between him and Steve, which like Steve says a lot of ridiculous things in this game. And it's just the way he's like, laugh. And stuff like that. Like, it's just bizarre. High quality of its time voice acting. High quality voice acting. Only the best for Resident Evil. It's true. This is before DC Douglas got his hands on Wesker, unfortunately. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, man. So, yeah, we're in Antarctica. Yeah, also you find out that Wesker's alive. Oh, yeah, that happens. He's like, hey, what's up? It's me, Wesker. I hate your brother. Yeah, really hate your brother. I'm going to beat him up. Um. Anyways, you 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 can stay alive. I don't care. They uh, beat you up a bit, though. I forget exactly. They, like, crash the plane, but also, like, Alfred dies, but then he frees, like, a sleeping in a tube Alexia mm-hmm. and then so basically she, she like yeah they they have to fight their way through that him. yeah they have to fight their way through this uh faci- like umbrella facility in Antarctica they find that's been overrun by zombies and stuff um eventually you know they have to find their way out of it uh they fight Alfred except like he just like falls over and just falls into a pit uh this is where you fight uh the ty- the one their their tyrant dad <laughs> on the roof. Oh, this um, sucked. That's that is a that is a heck of a fight. Again, it's another thing where you can just get flung off of, off of a thing and die. <laughs> I got so frustrated this that I was just like in tears, and you had mm-hmm. to take over. Like I was like, I'm a share play. This let's do this. We did a share play, and I went and made dinner to try and calm down, <laughs> and you. Got flung off the building a few times, but eventually beat him for me, which I appreciate. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm. Um, but I legitimately was crying. I was so upset that, like, I just could not get it. It's a, it's a weird fight because, like, essentially you have to, like, use a sniper rifle to shoot this dude in, like, his very exposed chest. But, like, just, like, the fidelity of it isn't great. Like, you will hit it, like, spot on and it'll just be like, eh, whatever. That's not, that's not a direct hit. What are you talking about? Yeah, it's real funky. It sucks. So, um, but yeah, they're weird experimented on dad. Uh, so that happens. And then you basically are able to, I think that's what they call him. Anyway, he has tentacles now. Yeah. You you try to escape and then like Alfred awakes his sleepy sister and she's like, I'm naked. You're dead. Cool. I'm going to caress your head. I'm going to caress your head and also send a tentacle out to grab their, their cool, snowmobile truck and oh, fling right. them back and capture them. I forgot about that. <laughs> then we get Chris Redfield. 
Yep. Time for Chris. Not as beefy Chris. Not as, he's not beefy yet. He has not become beefy Chris Redfield yet. He's on the way, though. We find out why he becomes beefy in this yes. version. <laughs> so Chris goes to the same island that Claire was at because he gets a message from Leon after Claire sends a message to Leon. She sends an email to yeah. Leon on then, the prison <laughs> island. Yeah, and then Leon sends Chris a message like, hey, this is where your sister is. You should probably go get her. Chris is like, F- you rookie cop. <laughs> but also like... Good on you, rookie cop. I don't know, like Leon using email is hilarious to me. He's he's typing with one finger. He's hunting pecking. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, so yeah, Chris goes to the island. It's all messed up because like it gets blown up when Claire and Self- Steve leave. Self destruct button. Yeah. Uh, you find the dude who initially lets Claire out of her prison cell gets eaten by a worm. Yeah, he gets just. Super fight this worm. (laughs) And the dude's like, here's a lighter. She gave it to me. She gave it to me. Chris Chris is like, oh, yeah, this this is mine. (laughs) Thanks. Claire, why would you give somebody my lighter? You jerk. (laughs) All right, cool. I'm going to go set this thing on fire so I can get these guns. So, yeah, you find your way through the, the collapseness of this island finding kind of like new ways to go around places then you find wesker and chris is like wesker wesker wesker's like chris i hate you i hate you i want you to die but also i got other stuff to do <laughs> i got some hunters who will help me keep you busy while i go do other stuff sunglasses sunglasses chris gets wrecked he gets beat up a lot he gets beat the heck up in that battle with or, or it wasn't even a battle in that first scene with Wesker mm-hmm. like he just gets obliterated and then like I don't remember what they call him the stretchy boys one of oh, them yeah, stretch, stretch Armstrong man yeah got some think, stretch Armstrong boys I think they're actually called bandersnatches but stretch Armstrong's better yeah See, they're basically enemies that like have a, uh, an arm that they can stretch and like hit you <laughs> which is rude and they grab your head They'll kill you. Mm-hmm. Squish your head. Real rude. But um, yeah, they they find out that Lexi is alive, and they're like, "Oh, we should go to Antarctica, but not together, separately." <laughs> <laughs> Get that T. Veronica virus. Yes. Eventually, they find their way to Antarctica. Chris. Chris gets the jet plane. Chris flies a a, a fighter jet. Oh my god! Because that's just how Chris Redfield does things. That, that oh my god, it's so funny. Not as funny as the ending jet scene, but that one's really good. <laughs> so like you have to fight, you fight your way through this uh the, the Antarctica base, which is being more frozen over. You have to like because of time. Um, grab their de- his icy corpse at one mm-hmm. point. Yep. Iceman. There's a big spooter. It's a big spooter. It's very big. Um, eventually, you find Claire in like in a in a not rec- a def- definitely not a recreation of the mansion from Resident Evil One again. Oh yeah, not not at all. What are you She's just about? been like hung up and like with sticky goo, and Chris is like, "Hey, I got you." And apparently, you can get like a split path here. Yeah. So like, we- you can either have Claire get poisoned or not. You didn't yeah. have the Claire poisoning scene. I did. So I had to go like find serum for her and then bring it back and be like, here you go. And then the, the rest of the scene just plays out. So what happened here is um, 
if you are poisoned in the Nosferatu fight with Claire, mm-hmm. um, that poison status carries over to here. Aha, uh-huh. that makes sense. And apparently, you did a better job fighting on my side. <laughs> yeah, than, than you did apparently, on your I was side. better in your game than mine. <laughs> Um, so I did not have poison Claire and so I got a lot more cutscenes and then you're like, Oh, I, I, I have poison, so I had to tell you where to go mm-hmm. and how to fix it. And then and I got it, those it was cutscenes. Super easy. Uh then eventually Alexia shows up and's like, I'm gonna fight you, I'm gonna shoot fire at you. Ah! Also Whiskers there and he's like ah! Oh no, she's shooting fire at me. I gotta go bye. Um so one part about this that's really funny, and we'll talk more about this probably after we finish with the plot summary um there one of the guides out of the many that we were following man um one of them was raging at this part because he's like there's this really cool scene with wesker but wesker punches alexia and that wasn't in the original game i don't know why that's here in x blah 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 blah. i'm like dude calm down (laughs) Like, he was so upset in this walkthrough about Wesker punching her. He did not realize that there was ten bonus minutes of cutscenes. Well, this is the first time that he actually, like, went off on it. I'm like, dude. Because <laughs> most of the other time, he's like, check out this cool Matrix cutscene. Or, like, check out this cool cutscene. Or, like, this great cutscene with Wesker. And then this time, he's like, that didn't happen. God. I mean, imagine how this guy would, would feel about Final Fantasy VII Remake. <laughs> Ooh, buddy. Check out this cool cutscene. That definitely didn't happen in the original game, and I can't believe no more would do this. I mean, so Oh, wait, what? sorry. I forgot that I'm I'm this fact writer. <laughs> I mean, no more. I does pull some super, super. But, um, I mean. Ultimately, what Nomura does is, like, way worse and more egregious than, like, adding in a scene where Wesker punches a lady. <laughs> like, Wesker sucks. Of course he would punch a lady. Also, she's, like, a freaking monster. Mm-hmm. Anyway, it was just really funny to me that he went on this giant rant about how it wasn't in the original version. We had some just trouble with fact writers with this game. We'll, we'll talk about that after we finish. God. Um, so yeah, you have that boss fight, and then eventually Chris and Claire go their separate ways to do other stuff. Uh, Claire goes to find Steve and finds out Steve's been tampered with. <laughs> He's been tampered with. Oh my god, that's good. He's been injected with a virus. Alexia injected him with things and put a... Um, it's It's interesting that like her mo i guess is like injecting people and then like putting an axe over them like that's what she did with her dad in that basement well i think they did that with their dad because they were trying to keep him like keep him away from them Mm -hmm. and i think this was just because "Ah, i'm a jerk weird she's like why does she have so many giant axes like around He's just in the market for giant axes. I guess so, man. Um, but but yeah, yeah, he turns into a beast. He turns into a beast and tries to kill Claire, but then doesn't, and then he regains control of himself. Yeah, he's about to he's about to murder her, and then he's like, "Oh no, I can't!" And uh, at that point, uh, Alexia sends out a tentacle and stabs him. Mm-hmm. And he's like, "I love you, Claire." Blech. Which. The fact that he's like, I'm in love with you, Claire, after knowing her for like, like a, a day. day, I'm like, whoa, buddy, you gotta calm down, which 
he is 17. So like 17 year olds don't make the best decisions. I don't remember how old Claire is in this. Um, you want to do some, some Google? Well, how old is she in, in RE2? That's what I'm trying to remember. I'm Googling. Do the Google. But yeah. Um, but he's yeah, he's like, I'm in love with you. And I'm like, wait, what? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, it's just so, so weird that he's just like, yeah, time to tell you that I super duper love you. Uh, what year did this take place in? Do you know? 1998. 1998. December. Or maybe she, 99 because she gets captured. I don't know how long she's been in this, where she's been captured. So she's either 19 or 20. Okay. So, you know, he's he's all about them older ladies. Apparently. Uh, <laughs> uh, while all that's happening, Chris is doing his own thing. She cry. She she really badly cries. Yeah. After Chris finds her again, he's like, "Oh, Steve's gone." He's like, "Okay." Which, Anyways, I gotta get you out of here. There's the one part where she's like, "We gotta save Steve," and he's like, "Who's Steve?" Who's who? Who's Steve? Who's Steve? Who you talking about? Who you talking about? Hmm. Who, who's who's this Steve character? Do I so need like to have a stern talking to with Steve? He's like gets like all like upright and puffs his chest out like, "Who's Steve? <laughs> who you talking about?" All the, all the discussion with that boy. She's like, oh, he's saving. He's like, all right, we'll save him for now. We'll see who saves him. <laughs> and so uh, then, like, when uh, when Steve is dead and Claire's crying, he's like, what'd Steve do to you? Like, he just died. He just I'm... died. <laughs> also, I like how... Chris tries to open up a door and like just fails miserably. He's like, "Oh man, if I was only beefier." Yeah, like this entire game is essentially Chris's realization that he needs to bulk up. Mm-hmm. Uh, eventually, you have to basically turn the self-destruction sequence on in the base to Again. open all the gates. Let's just self-destruct everything. Yeah. And then you have to fight Alexia. Yep. That fight's not great. Yeah. So a lot of the boss fights in this game not great. Not great. Uh, there's the whole thing about like ants mm -hmm. and um essentially she becomes like the giant bug t veronica yeah she does the transformation that every resident evil villain does yes um time to inject myself with the t veronica um and yeah, it, yeah. i i i beat it but like it 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 sucked um, the good the, thing the, is, is that, like, the other part, though, of that fight is the worst part. Which part? Where you get the unlimited ammo gun and like just trying to aim that thing while she's moving around. Oh yeah, terrible. It's super terrible. At least it's a one-hit KO. Yeah, like, but even once still, you like, finally hit her, trying to hit her is awful. Oh, oh, it sucks. It took a long time, and then reloading it is also not very fast. Mm. Um, which I guess before we get to the the final part of that plot we should mention that like the whole thing with veronica is that like that was the original leader of the ashford family yeah and she was like a super duper genius and so the twins dad was trying to essentially clone her mm -hmm. and that's how he created um alexia and alfred which 
uh, it said that Alfred was like above average, but but nothing too impressive. Nothing too she was impressive, like and she was like a super genius. genius. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, they were they were test tube babies, basically. Yeah, <laughs> they were clones, uh, and so that's the whole thing of like why Veronica is a a important thing here is. Mm-hmm. That Veronica was the leader of the the family, and they're trying to uh, bring their family back into prominence. And they're working with Umbrella, but I forget in what capacity they're working with Umbrella. It doesn't really matter, honestly. Because yeah, it's just they're working with Umbrella. That's all you need to know. Yeah. So um, Wesker shows up at the end. Hmm. And Wesker's like, yeah, so I need that tea, Veronica. I think I'm just going to take Steve's body. I'm going to examine it. Take a look, see what what happened with him. Take a look under the hood. Chris is like, no, I'm going to fight you, Wesker. Wesker's (laughs) like, I mean, you can try. Dude, why? (laughs) You're going to get your whipped but all right and he did and like chris tries all these things like he he tries to hit him with like a metal rod and it gets bent and like wesker just blocks it and just like wraps around his arm he drops like a bunch of um eye beams on him yeah and he's like oh i did it and then wesker just gets up and he's like whoa (laughs) 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 little little dizzy there but uh i'm good i'm good like just like oh god maybe broke my glasses though that's not really cool man and then just like throws Chris around a mm-hmm. lot. And then fire starts breaking out and burns Wesker's face. And that's when he's like, all right, I'm going to go. Yep. I've had enough. We'll, 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 we'll do it. We'll, we'll meet again, my dude. I'll see you around, around, around the horn. Uh, and so then there's the part where like Chris and Claire get separated again. And he tells Claire like, go to the airplane. I'll meet you there. It's fine. And um, so essentially like traveled through a different part of the um the facility to get to the airplane and this was like one of my favorite parts of the game because it was super funny for one chris practices terrible fire safety here do not take elevators when there is a fire um but he does that and once the door opens it like blows him out um because of a fire like explosion he just like lands on his belly across like the nose of the airplanes like hey i always keep my promises and i'm just like chris I made it chris redfield what are you doing <laughs> like what a nerd you just like got blown over here and you're just like up on a fighter jet you're like hey what up sister <laughs> so uh you want to talk about this whole Steve thing now? Who is Steve? Is Steve somebody we got to worry about? Because Wesker said he had Steve. Also, I think it's important to know that, like, everything post the uh, the Alexia fight yeah. is cutscenes. Yes. The, the, the Wesker fight, all cutscenes. They all do cut not scenes. give you the opportunity to fight Wesker in this game at all. Which... I am glad that this was not the era of quick time events because good lord I would have failed all those. <laughs> um but yeah, it's all cutscenes, escaping from the facility, all cutscenes. But again, like it's it's a thing that like you would think like, oh well the next game they're gonna let us fight Wesker because 
they are literally setting it up for Wesker is the bad guy. Yeah, like even when they're flying off in the in the jet plane fighter jet, um, they're like, "All right, time to go take down Umbrella." Yeah, and then it ends, <laughs> and we don't take down Umbrella. No, not until the sixth game. <laughs> We do get that scene where the dude falls down and his blood makes the umbrella logo. <laughs> That's pretty good. That's a pretty good wait for. But even uh, then, like, how do you not follow up on that? How do you not follow up on the fact that Wesker has Steve's body? Yeah. Like, Remember Steve? Remember how he shows up in Resident Evil? F- oh. Remember how oh. he shows up in Resident Evil 5? F- oh. oh. Remember how he shows up in Resident Evil 6? Si- oh. oh. Remember how he shows up in Resident Evil 7? Si- oh. Like, what happened to T. Veronica? What happened? Like, was he just taunting them? But, like, Wesker's not the kind of person who would just let a resource like that go. Right. Like, yes, he would taunt, but he also would not let that go. Also, it's amazing that he just like shows up and is like, "Oh, by the way, I have superpowers now," and they don't really explain. <laughs> they don't. It. It's like he just has that stuff now. <laughs> <laughs> That's just normal. Um. So like, like the only thing, the only way to describe it is him saying like he's not human anymore. Mm-hmm. That's the only re- the only way to describe it. He's like, and "I'm if, not human anymore." You know, maybe those like Wesker files or whatever like explain that a bit better. But yeah. um, you know, maybe maybe. A little bit of explanation in here would have been helpful. <laughs> Maybe. Um, but yeah, man, they did Steve Burnside dirty. Mm-hmm. They they killed him and then said his body was going to be taken for T. Veronica. And then he's just gone forever. Rip. Rip in peace. Yeah. You know, he had to tell Claire that he was in love with her and... You know, maybe it's because he would be disappointed if he came back because he's like, Claire, they made you into an idiot. Claire, you're real dumb now. What happened? Claire, you were actually like a smart person back then. And like. Now you're an idiot. <laughs> Oof. Claire. And Steve's just yeah. like, I regret being 17 and saying these things. I'm also a mutant. You know, your your casual first teenage love turns into a mutant. This game does game does Steve dirty. It does Claire dirty eventually. Not this game, but like Not the series game. does Not Claire dirty eventually. But yeah, like there there is an alternate world where the story of Resident Evil follows up with this. Yeah, more so than what it does. You know, I was going to say they did Chris Dirty, but they did Chris Dirty by having five happen, but then they redeemed it with six and Vendetta, honestly. Mm-hmm. Like, Chris got Chris got redemption. Is um, is Okay, here's a question, because Claire's in one of those is those movies, right? She's in the airplane movie, the first one. We need the to watch that still. one we haven't seen yet. Is she dumb in that movie? <laughs> I don't remember. I haven't watched it in forever. Okay. We should really watch that again. Yeah. Um, I have it. I have it on DVD, and I have it digitally. Oh my god, I can't believe I have it on DVD. I bought that when it came out. You did. Wow. And I've somehow kept it all these years. Oh man, yeah, this game is bizarre. I was not expecting to like to be so baffled coming out of this game. I figured it would be like, oh, you know, it's it's Resident Evil. It's, it is what it is. Those hijinks that those Resident hijinks, Evil gets those up weird to. Stuff. But then coming out of it, it's like, how did the series become 
this after this game what happened well we were talking about it earlier like this is also not the first time that this is or it it would not be the last time that it happened this is the first time it happened but then it happened again between six and seven that they just like take the series in a different direction do a complete reset of like this is what resident evil is and i'm like wait Mm -hmm. what like the fact that they do three to four games do a reset yeah um and you know in the first few resident evil games well first one two three in code veronica like they're referred to as zombies Mm -hmm. and four through six they're not zombies there's either the plagas or whatever you know um like they always have a different name for it Mm -hmm. because it's not I don't know why they move away from zombies, but they do. I do um, like this one review that states, uh, this is from Edge Magazine for, for the Dreamcast version, where they they said, this is the closest the series has got to emulating a Hollywood action feature, which is very poignant of where the series would go. <laughs> yeah. No kidding. Which is funny, because like, I don't think people would put this game in the same vein as RE4 through 6. Mm-mm. In terms of becoming more of an action game than a horror game. But I could see it. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, with the whole, like, fighter jet and all that. Like, there, there's less of, like, I don't know. Resident Evil has always been a little bit ridiculous. I feel like this is the start of it really really starting to to lean into that a little bit more yeah and then four just you know went full tilt into it and then five and six went way more full tilt into it i love Mm -hmm. it um which yeah i mean people who say that resident evil is a serious game like no it's it's not it's never they're they're popcorn horror flicks they really are and like i feel like people tend to forget very quickly that Leon was chased by like a giant statue of this like Napoleon looking dude as like a boss fight. And I'm like, never forget the, the villain of Resident Evil four is the little Lord boy. I, it, it, he, he looks like a little Napoleon guy yeah. and people seem to forget that like, that is an actual thing that happened in that game. And that's campy as heck, mm-hmm. but you know, Resident Evil is a serious title. I don't know why people didn't like RE6. They're ridiculous. RE6 is great. They got scared off by draft getting. <laughs> God, I did not see that until you told me that. And now I can't unsee it. And it's unfair. That's that's my job. So, what would you have wanted? Post from like Code for, Veronica. For, what would my Resident Evil Four be? Yeah. <sighs> Like I'm genuinely curious what yours would be. It's it's tough to say because like I think the way that they they transition the series into a more like a better playing game or series like I obviously like I don't think RE4 plays as well as RE6. Mostly I don't think like those controls have aged all that well, but I understand how influential that game is to third person action games and how they've gone. So like I would hope maybe like the gameplay would kind of stick in that same vein and kind of get rid of tank controls and everything. Oh yeah. But 
I feel like you have to make the next game follow up on what they've basically are telling you at the end of this game. Like, it's time to go take on West Crown Umbrella. Whether or not you actually fulfill that in 4 or not, I feel like you have to do that. And maybe, like... And I think eventually you lead yourself into a scenario where you do a big team-up game, kind of like what 6 is. Yeah. Whether or not that's 4, whether that becomes 5 or not, that's that's another question all, entire, all entirely. But, like, yeah, I think eventually you just... You lead up to... Here is the game where you play as Jill, Claire, Chris, Leon, Rebecca... Because they would have introduced Zero at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, throw in any of the other side characters from the other games that are still alive. Or bring them back as cameos. And it's just a big team-up romp where they're going to go take down Umbrella. And Wesker and all his weirdness. Is Barry there? Yeah, bring Barry back. Bring Barry back. You could have yeah. Ada come back with Leon, have them get into shenanigans. Just, just basically, it's like it's it's the Avengers film, but it's Resident Evil. Yeah. And but better. You know, it took until RE Five for Wesker to come back again. I think there was like some hinting at him in for it, but mm-hmm. like not until the PS2 version. Um, but five is where we get Wesker again. It's like that's a pretty big gap. But it's also kind of what they did before because he was in RE1 and then they skipped him in 2, mm-hmm. well, and 3. And then he's back in Code Veronica. Then they skip him in 4 and he's back in 5. And it, essentially it follows the same kind of idea that like they cycle in protagonists in and out. Yeah. Because like the thing with like them putting Jill into 3 was because, hey, we haven't used her in a bit. Let's put her in this. Because mm-hmm. they were going to... The, the original plan for three was that it was going to be starring Hunk. Hunk. And then they're like, oh, let's put Jill in because she we haven't seen her in a bit. And we can't use Chris or Claire because they're in Code Veronica. Mm-hmm. Leon just had his game. So she's the only one left. And I think kind of like the reason like Leon is the lead in four is that like, hey, we haven't seen Leon in a bit. We just used Jill, Chris, and Claire. Let's throw Leon in the four. Yeah, I I agree. I don't remember what happens to Carlos in 3, but, like, where's Carlos? I watched the end of RE3 today, and I couldn't tell you. Really? He might die. I don't know. I genuinely don't know. (laughs) I think he's alive. I don't think he died. Mm. I don't don't think he's Steve Burnside. Did Steve Burnsided? How how would you make that into a, a verb? He didn't get Steved. He didn't get Steve. There we go. Didn't didn't fridge Carlos. Um, I think Carlos is alive. I'm pretty sure Carlos is alive. So he's just gone. Yeah, I mean, never to show up again. Um, probably what about, not. What about the dude in Zero? Is that dude alive? Billy, I think Billy's dead. I'm ninety percent sure Billy's dead. No, Billy seems to be alive. Billy's alive? Uh-huh. What's Billy been up to? Good. He appears in the Umbrella Chronicles. I played that one too, but I don't remember Billy. Apparently he shows up in there. But isn't Umbrella Chronicles um like a retelling of Zero at points? Uh, let's see here. 
This game is composed of five scenarios that replicate the events of Resident Evil Zero, the Resident Evil Remake, Resident Evil 3 Nemesis, as well as new material pertaining to the Umbrella Corporation's downfall. So basically, yeah. Okay, yeah, he escaped and was never to be seen again. Yeah. And then, but then again, you that doesn't mean you can't bring him back. No, you could you could definitely bring him back. God, Resident Evil is a series about introducing side characters and then just completely forgetting them. Yep. Unless you want to bring them back for a bad game. Yeah, Barry got the shaft on that one. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, imagine like if that like pointy dude ever came back from Revelations. Or Claire's friend. Claire's friend? Nori in Revelations 2. Oh, that's Barry's daughter. Yeah, Claire's friend. <laughs> oh my god. Um, yeah, Where, they... Go ahead. Where's Jake? Okay, that's the real question. Where is Jake? Because Jake was a genuinely good character. I want to play a game again with Sherry and Jake. Because they had a great dynamic and he was fun. Justice for Jake. Um, I I I want us to at least before we uh don't talk about Code Veronica anymore, a little, lean a little bit more into this whole like FAQ thing we had going. Yeah, so obviously we 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 tried to play through this with an FAQ just to streamline it, streamline it, and get through it as quick as possible because we started like Friday night and Wanted to get it done before it. we can record and everything. Boy, howdy, FAQ writing has definitely evolved in the last 20 years. Yeah, it has. Woof. Oh, my God. It it took me... How many FAQs did you go through? Like three? Four? I had four up. It's ridiculous. I had four that I had to cycle through to get us through that game. Because there was a lot of times where like it would be like, okay, you're going to go to this, go back to the safe room. Now you're going to go here, and it's like skipping four different spots of like how you get back to where you were. Yeah. <laughs> or just being like, oh, you know the name of this room, right? Go back to there. It's like, and no, like, I don't. The rooms aren't named. Like, no. how would I know what that room is? It's... <sighs> and so like, there was one part where it's like, go through the double doors. And I'm like, what double doors? <laughs> there are so many double doors in this game. Oh, it was so frustrating. And then there was the one part where, um, like, we were trying to solve the paperweight puzzle. And you're like, so what's the solution? I'm like, wish I could tell you. It says to do this. <laughs> uh, so then I had to look up another dang walkthrough at that point to see if somebody would tell me the answer. And, I mean, it, it legitimately took me cycling through four different walkthroughs to get us through this game. Four. It's usually a it, great sign. Including the one with the guy yelling about Wesker punching Alexia. <laughs> that one was hilarious. And it was the worst one in terms of being like, oh yeah, go back to this room now. And I'm like, what? <laughs> Where? Sorry, sorry, which room are you talking about? Why? How? Tell me how to get back there. And, like, the map system in Code Veronica is not great. So, 
you know, trying to remember your way back to this one random room that you don't know the name of, that you haven't been in for, like, solid hour because you've been going through all these other weird rooms. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, fine, I suppose. Oh, so frustrated. You were so frustrated. I remember you, like, really got frustrated with it during the paperweight section. <laughs> Well, it was it was weird because like I was basically relying on you to know where to go. Yeah. So it was a lot of times just me just like sitting around like, all right, where are we going next? What's happening? Yeah, you kept getting ahead of me. What are we doing? <laughs> and I'm like, ah, <laughs> suffering is what we're doing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh. That's Resident great. Evil Code Veronica. Yeah. Yeah, it is. We played it. We did. It's not the worst Resident Evil that exists. It's definitely not. Um, it's not the best Resident Evil that exists either. Yeah. It's fine. It's fine. I, I do I w- easily like it better than 3. I would like to see this remade. I would like to see it remade too. Who would you have voice Steve in a remake of this? Ooh, can we get Steve Buscemi? <laughs> I mean, he has done uh, video game related Final voice Fantasy acting. Spirits Within alumni. It, it, yeah. Um, that's a good question. I feel like you kind of have to be like just energetic, but like annoying at the same time. Okay, well, I was gonna suggest somebody, but um, I don't. I don't want people to interpret it as me saying he's annoying. Or if you can, you could portray a character as annoying, and if you have the good voice for it. Yeah. So. I was gonna say Pappenbrook. Mm, that could be interesting. I think Pappenbrook could do a good, good Steve here. Yeah. I'm trying to, th- like, I feel like he may not be able to get, like, the high enough voice that I'm thinking, or that I'm picturing, or picturing, like, I'm hearing for a, a Steve, a modern Steve, but, like, I think that's a good start. Who voiced him in Darkseid Chronicles? Uh, good question. Where is Steve? Steve! Good question. We don't ever know. <laughs> they don't tell us where his body is. Uh, huh. Huh? Huh. So, in Dark Side Chronicles, he's voiced by Sam Regal. Really? That might not be a bad get. Like, just get him to do the Teddy voice. <laughs> I didn't realize that's who did it. That's not also, bad. I, I didn't realize that the Ace Attorney anime got him to play uh, Furio Tiger, the uh, the Phoenix Wright knockoff in the mm-hmm. third game, and for so he's the voice of that in the anime, considering he's the the voice of Phoenix Wright in the games. Yes, that's a really good get. That's a really really good get. That's smart. 
Uh, but yeah, I think that would be good. Yeah, I, I could see. I want to go listen to that now. Did I know that? I don't remember it. I haven't played it in ages. And then just get bring back Claire's VA from two and do you, do you keep Chris's VA when he's beefy or do you replace him with someone younger? Is he is, okay? Hang on. Hang on. I gotta see something. Cause is he voiced by the same person in remake as in like five and six and everything else? Ooh, that's a good question. Like if he's been no, really, it's a different person, Mm. and it's a different person in seven. So maybe yeah, because seven has a very different yeah take on Chris. Who who was it in like six and Vendetta and all that? Uh Roger Craig Smith. He did it in five, Dark Side Chronicles, Revelations, MVC, and RE6, and then also at the movies. Hmm. But I think you could probably still pull that off. I think so. Considering he's like he Chris is technically older. So. Yeah, I think it'd be fine. Are you thinking the same voice actress from like RE2 remake or like Yeah, 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 yeah. Court. Cuz considering it's basically oh, a few months after RE2, so like why would you change it? Why would you change it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Man. This game really needs a remake. It does. Um Although I feel like the whole spider thing would be a nightmare for anybody with like arachnophobia. True. Especially in a remade version. Mm-hmm. Um, the good thing about the horrible, horrible walkthroughs is that they warned me whenever there were spooters so I could tell you. It's good, yeah. It's very nice. So I was like, oh, by the way, there's spooters coming up. And you're like, like, okay. Dang it, get out of here. I can brace myself. <laughs> Otherwise, it's spooky. Like, mm-hmm. if you don't know. Like, there was one part where we had to, like, seriously do some research to see if there was a shark because I couldn't remember. And we were in an underwater area, and you're like, all right, give me a second. Let me check. <laughs> um, Which, I mean, I, I wouldn't remember because, as we've talked about with RE, like, remake, mm-hmm. um, I apparently just mentally blocked out that entire section. I don't know yep. how I got through it. I don't remember at all playing through that. I remembered the rest of the game pretty well. Just happened. So, like, I would not have been surprised if there had been sharks in here and I would have blocked it. Yeah. So I'm glad that you you searched to make sure there were no sharkies. Thank That's you. That's what I'm here for. Oof. Yucky sharkies. Well... That's going to wrap this episode up. Yeah, we got their code Veronica. We did. We didn't get eaten by snakes or hunters or anything else weird. Stretch Armstrong Man. Stretch Armstrong Man or Steve. Or Steve. <laughs> Rip. Rip Steve. Justice for Steve. <laughs> Bring back your side characters. No kidding, Resident Evil. You have so many good side characters. Do something with them. 
Well, <laughs> if you'd like more from us, go to SeasonalAmbitCheckup.com or SCC.cool, so where you can find past episodes of this podcast and other podcasts like Seasonal Amateur Checkup and Jared and Al Watch. You'll also find columns and reviews on the site as well. If you'd like more from Anladium, go to Anladium.com. She's got columns and reviews. You can follow us on Twitter, twitter.com slash anime checkup. And you can support us on Patreon, patreon.com slash SACOVA. Buy us a slice of pizza. Get access to unreleased podcasts, bonus podcasts, podcasts early, all that fun stuff. Yay! Next time, we'll talk about something else. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine if Ashley Graham came back as a protagonist? People would be mad. I wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs>